0: Well, one of the things that I would say is that fear is, is a particular vibration and it could, in a lot of times it locks us in, mm. you know? And so the change that is occurring, we're not actually even engaging with because we're all locked up inside, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So what I call fear, and this is a great question using the access tool, what I call um, fear is a midway stop to excitement. And excitement. <laughs> <I> love that. <laughs> and excitement and fear, they sort of have the same vibe, you know? However, we stop it. We stop the excitement and it gets locked in and it can even cause discomfort in our bodies. So a question that you can ask yourself and, and you don't need an answer for this, but it might show up for you. So if I weren't distracting myself with fear, what is
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Revelation Project Podcast. Today, I'm with Cass Thomas. Cass is a successful business entrepreneur and communication expert. The depth and range of her life and career experiences inspire people to explore more choices and find the changes they're looking for. It's her mission in life to strengthen the unity of choice and change. She inspires clients to discover their unique brand of magic. As a best-selling author, Cass recently released her new book, Dancing with Riches, a self-empowerment manual to encourage readers to change tracks if the journey they're on isn't working for them. Within the pages of this book, readers will find a guide to transform negative into positive and to come through a winner even in limiting situations, her non judgmental demeanor creates a safe space for many to express themselves with ease. She is a catalyst for multicultural inclusion. Cass believes that there is so much more that unites us than separates us. Join me in welcoming Cass Thomas.
0: Hey, Cass. Hello, hello, hello. How are you?
1: I am so good. And I just want to say to our listeners that. Cass is part of the Access Consciousness family. And I know so many of you have loved listening to previous episodes with several of you know the leadership group in Access Consciousness. So again, like it's just such a great pleasure to have you.
0: It's a great pleasure to be here and uh, with you and to be here on the planet at this, you know, this time of change, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's, Definitely, sometimes not so comfortable for people uh, when things are changing, but what invitation can uh, we be for people to have to be in step with the energy of change and to have more ease with it, even if it's not easy. That's right. Even if it's not easy all the time, you can have ease with it. So that's, yeah.
1: Well, and I, I love that expression that was a big pivot for me, which is, this is all happening for us, not to us.
0: Absolutely. absolutely it's absolutely and it's about looking at things from a different perspective we can be observers of our life which is great it's a nice perspective but it's nice to actually engage with our lives you know so that we know that each and every time we make some choice or we call it often decisions right it's going to create something but if you're willing to choose again and choose again and choose again you can really activate that uh, that change and and really turn difficulty into ease and negative into positive and still waters into a flow. So yeah.
1: And Cass, I immediately want to jump in and ask you, like, when was that turning point for you or were you always like that?
0: You know, we know who we are, right? <laughs> At the moment, or we know who we were.
1: We know who we were. Yes.
0: Exactly. We know who we were. So there's been more than one turning point, really, for me. Because somebody says, oh, when did you start exploring consciousness or even engaging with things that weren't just literal or, you know, literature? And I just remember as a kid, my sister and I, we would go uh, in Boston, Massachusetts to this woman. I don't even remember what she looked like. I just remember the cup of tea that once you drank it, she turned the teacup over <laughs> and read the tea leaves for you, you know? But um, really the one of the moments of change was choosing at eighteen, uh, where and how I would like to continue my life, stay in Boston, which is full of amazing universities, or to step out into the world and uh move to New York and did uh yeah, my undergraduate first marriage, uh, first career in New York and graduate school as well. So and and that was um that was a turning point and also a turning point when I chose to leave that marriage, that career, and that city <laughs> and move and that country and move to Italy and, and uh and live in Rome. And uh and also after being here, also changing again a turning point where okay, the work I'm doing is great, the business I have is okay the life and the um, relationship and the friendships are okay. And I would like more, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes we're always, you know, if we're not, we're being grateful for what and who shows up in our lives and not necessarily settling down or settling in being grateful and seeing, you know, this great access question. What else is possible? What else is possible? Thank you, God. Thank you, universe. Thank you. You and what else is possible and how does it get any better than this and and being willing to explore and keep keep living your life not just having a life but living it engaging with it yeah
1: Cass you might laugh at this somebody asked me recently i've been looking at moving and they said well are you trying to find your forever home and i and i stopped breathing for a minute i was like oh, no you know like i am not looking for my forever home i am never looking for my forever home like to me that feels like just not like just settling or something you know it's just funny how i my body responded to that like
0: forever yeah ever exactly and also you know it's um yeah forever and you can think in your mind for the next 10 seconds you know what i mean for the next 10 seconds yeah forever for for now yeah sometimes people you know they're not able to hear Everything uh, that you say, if you're not using a language that they're familiar with, you know, Mm. so you can, when we talk about changing tracks, and you mentioned that, right, we're heading in a direction. And so we're not simultaneously, perhaps, going north and south at the same time. However, we choose, and we're present 100% with that. So you're changing 100% present with the new home or the new city or where you are so that you can enjoy it completely. And even if a year later or six months later, you ch- you change, you choose to change, you've actually been willing to embrace everything and everyone that's there. Do you know what I mean?
1: I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah.
0: So that that forever... Yeah, it reminds me of a Prince song.
1: Yeah, which one? I loved Prince. <laughs> right. Did you love Prince? Oh, Life asked for you. I still Life love Prince. Forever.
0: That's a mighty long time. And I'm yes. going to tell you it's something else, the afterworld. <laughs> a world of never-ending happiness. You can always see, see the, the sun. sun.
1: Yes.
0: And we saw a that shrink in Beverly Hills. You know the one.
1: You know, I saw him in Detroit. He was my first big concert. And what a concert. And my father would s- sat at the, you know, reading the Detroit Free Press the next morning and said, whoever let their kids go to this is insane. And I'm, and my mother just puts her hands over her lips, you know, puts her finger over her lips like, shh, because she knew <laughs> I had gone. She had said yes. So funny.
0: Oh, your dad didn't know? Oh, hell no. (laughs) I saw him at the Madison Square Garden, too. It was a round, you know, it's a round uh, thing, um, stage there. And just amazing. Amazing.
1: I will never forget that. I think I was, and I was young. I was like 13. So it was quite something to be able
0: to go to that. And how many people, you know, so so many, I I love um, music. You know, I just am working on a song. Yeah, that's what I'm telling. For um, called "Dancing with Riches" from my book.
1: All right, and I want to know more about that. Like title, tell me more.
0: Yeah, well, a lot of times we don't acknowledge some of the talents and abilities, some of the capacities, some of the wisdom. You know that we have Um, that is not something tangible or visible. You know, yeah. but it is part of the the wealth of our capacities, and it doesn't have to be tangible money wealth. And the riches of your life are the unique qualities that you are. You did read that your unique brand of magic. Yeah. So it's, it's being an invitation. That's one of my capacities. Just to. Actually see that beyond the surface or the mask or the veil that somebody is, you know, trying to be and stand up and be just to see what's delicious, delightful and unique about them, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so that is really uh, something that I love to invite people to acknowledge about themselves and explore.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of what I talk about here on this podcast is the unbecoming process, you know, and how we unbecome from everything the world wanted us to be to become who we really are. Wow. And that's just such a beautiful process because shedding those layers, you know, it's like of the not us is such a liberating and joyful, really. I mean, I know it's not always joyful, but when you get all that off you, you realize that unbearable lightness of being, you know, that 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 kind of was always the movie title to me, but now I actually get what it means.
0: I love that unbecoming. Mm-hmm. Also, because what it uh, saying that it probably puts a question, uh, you know, a tweak in people's minds, which are often very structured and have answers and definitions, and you know, uh, and a linear process. So when you say becoming, yes, okay. When you say unbecoming, huh? What? Yeah, yeah. That that actually allows what is just what you were saying, just the title alone allows that sort of all those sort of blocks and barriers around that joy to go away and be frozen for a moment so that you can invite that joy out. So thank you for that. I love that.
1: Well, and then that is everybody's revelation project, isn't it? It's like when we reveal and when we unbecome from what we're not and we feel you know, again, so so many of us have been taught to stifle that, to suppress that. And it's like, when we're truly back in touch with the essence of who we are, it's like that revelation process is so healing. So like, reveal, feel, heal, right? All of that is part of, I think, why we come here to this crazy place.
0: We've got to do some poetry together. I love that. Reveal, <laughs> feel, heal. heal, heal. And also that unbecoming, I mean, just can I just tell you what pops for me when you say that? Because yeah, yeah. It's also inviting the people to recognize that it's not that you're, what you're becoming is more of value than who you are already, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? So oftentimes when we're trying to become something, right, we're on a predetermined track. And on a predetermined destination, that if we don't feel that we're already there, it's somebody else that's at that destination, so the unbecoming is actually um being willing to acknowledge that you are the greatness of you already, mm-hmm. and so what you will do is to expand that greatness, um, but it's not that you have to become something different, yeah
1: right, well, and I also seeing as we're now. Just getting into this, it also reminds me of your clearing exercise that you all do at, in access consciousness, and and it's like the pod and poc, the uncreation, right? Or and, and in that moment, we could unbecome whatever we did in a moment or a lifetime worth of what's not us,
0: right? Or all the all the you know fixed points of views that we have about what. And who we should be, mm-hmm. where and and when we should go, mm. and after, because if we do not reach what we have set as our destination, then how much do we go into um, the wrongness of us, and how much more um, do you have to really do to get back up when you have put yourself down? Yeah. What that is, the clearing statement, and it's available on the clearingstatement.com what that clearing statement is about in access is everywhere you have had a fixed point of view about what was right or what was wrong or what was good or what was bad. It's asking you to go to that point of creation when you first determined it that way, where you first set your becoming, you know what I mean, destiny. And the moment before you did that, who were you? What mm-hmm. were you? Where were you? Mm-hmm. And so, opening up again that childlike wonder in uh, you. You know, I often invite people, um, and I do talk about this in the book too. You know, what were you aware of, or what was your inspiration when you were eight years old? Because mm. for me, it, you know, I started. I'm in Rome, thanks to an awareness I got at eight years old in my grammar school when a teacher was writing in French on the board. And of course French is not the language in Rome, and it's a you know a story and it is in the book about that. But choosing based on your before any of your becoming mm-hmm. destinations were when you were just being you.
1: When you were just being you. Yeah. And and you were so full of your own enoughness.
0: And you had no, yeah. And you had no ideas or uh, points of view or, or or judgments about what you weren't being or what you you, know, what you needed to do or be. It was just you uh, being willing to observe and participate in every single thing that showed up. Yeah. Before you were said, go so be quiet. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't.
1: Yes, and also that playfulness that we had that we can that we can tap right back into when we're not so you know in judgment of ourselves and others you know it's just like oh thank you i can breathe again that yeah. playful levity which is something i the second we connected on zoom, I was like, Oh, my God, she's so playful. You know, you're just so, so right there. And that to me is like, Oh, I, we got this. Like the second somebody brings play to something, I am just all in like my inner child is jumping up and down like, "Yay!"
0: Exactly. And the inner child is so, uh, a part of even, you know, when you're in your 80s or 90s, you know, mm-hmm. so I should not abandon that and, and playing. You know, yes. I get advice from uh, a neighbor. Um, she's the child of my friends, but she's my friend too. And she's seven now, and she has amazing uh, insights and uh, and and advice. I I was going to do a, a, a Zoom. I did a Zoom on um, you know seven steps to flawless communications with kids. That's my first book, The Seven Steps. I love it. And I had teachers and counselors. Of kids from around the world on there, and I was getting ready to go on, and I was outside in the garden, and she came to the gate, and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm going to do this um, this uh, Zoom on um, how to communicate with kids. Do you have any advice to give me?" And she said, "Well, let me tell you." (laughs) And it was so awesome. I loved it. Goodness, I I I bet she was
1: so honored.
0: Oh well, she was. She was just so clear to her. You know, she was like and you know when teachers do this and kids raise their hand you know this is what i would suggest <laughs> and i mean i filmed it i said one second let me let me tell you what it was i and i started the zoom with that and how much of that you know childlike wonder that that the clarity that you have yes as a, before you get everybody's you know before you get everybody's pings
1: <laughs> i ping right i know
0: yeah, anyway, it was just amazing anyway. I, I yeah. love
1: that. I love that. Well, you know, I know that we were just talking about change and kind of the constant evolution. But I'm wondering if if you have like what would you say to our listeners who fear change?
0: Well, one of the things that I would say is that fear is is a particular vibration and it could and a lot of times it locks us in,
1: mm.
0: you know? And so the change that is occurring, we're not actually even engaging with because we're all locked up inside, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, what I call fear, and this is a great question using the access tool, what I call um, fear is a midway stop to excitement.
1: And excitement. <laughs> I love
0: that. <laughs> and excitement and fear, they sort of have the same vibe, you know? However, we stop it. We stop the excitement and it gets locked in and it can even cause discomfort in our bodies. So a question that you can ask yourself, and, and you don't need an answer for this, but it might show up for you. So if I weren't distracting myself with fear, what is the excitement I'd be aware of? Mm. What is When I could enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of times it um, may be opening up and going into unexplored areas. But this is why I say that there's no one like you in the world. You know, you are the best version of you that exists in the world. There's no one who does you better than you. So if some change is showing up in your life, it's thanks to you
1: and mm. thanks to your
0: weakness. And if you're not running away from it, you're not only contributing to the expansion and the, the ah, fresh breath and the new breath in your life, you're also, that change, once you are choosing it and you're engaging with it, then it's a change that already exists for other people to not get fearful of it, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. If you you know if you're going to the moon, oh, oh do I have to go to the moon? Uh, nobody's ever been to the moon. Uh, I've never heard of anybody going to the moon. Do I have to go to the moon? Oh, go to the moon. Oh, so many people have been there before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, what is that change that you can actually in not necessarily embrace, but engage with and enjoy and ride the wave of that will open up different possibilities in the world.
1: Well, and you said the word right. It's like it 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 goes back to kind of that conditioned way that we are taught to engage with change and knowing that there's a way to play with change. And that is that kind of way that I think we can stretch into like, what would be possible if I were not afraid, like you said, like, yeah. And to bring play to that possibility, like there are options. It's like, it reminds me too of Joe Dispenza's work because it's getting into that feeling of all of the various possibilities in that timeline. Right. And which one? Like it's like identifying that there's multiple possibilities that are that are in existence. Yes. So that's that great way I think that I've learned that access consciousness really kind of helps us retrain how we engage with the
0: world. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, when we're willing to engage with those, uh, the changes, so many more become visible and uh, available to us and the one of the um, the gifts of, um, of access is you do not have to choose them all <laughs> because when you are actually willing to acknowledge something right then so much more you know the universe God Allah Buddha just puts everything out there on a silver platter and it's like being at a buffet yes.
1: you know, would you like
0: to go to a, would you like to go to a buffet no 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 I just want a little sandwich thank you okay. <laughs> There's a sandwich on the buffet table. Right. All right. So, and so you go onto the buffet table and you say, oh, I love that sandwich. Well, let me just take a look at some of the other things. And you don't have to choose all the change that is uh, available to you. However, when you're willing to open up to seeing the various changes, how much can just the existence of all those possibilities support you in choosing that sandwich? One thing. Yes. Only one thing. And choose it 100%. That new house, right? That new city. That Choose it 100%. Yeah, right? I love that. Uh, yeah.
1: I also love playing with what I call the sacred and. It's like then I can have the sandwich and, you know? <laughs> and like we were saying before, I can have the forever house and, right? Exactly. So exactly. It, it doesn't like lock us in, right? That, that, that and can be, you know, that way of... Building in that muscle of how good can it get,
0: right? And people, you know, want to. You know, everything you choose, every choice you make, creates something. That's and right. Sometimes, how many people? I mean, how many people honestly are wanting to make the right choice so that they don't have to choose again? How many people are like, I just want to? And how much does that, s- that slow us down, right? And so that choice goes away. And then we don't see other choices. And then we don't, we go feel wrong because we didn't make a choice fast enough. Yeah, so everything that is, just everywhere you're feeling wrong about it, just saying, okay, I didn't choose that. What else is possible? Mm-hmm. What else, is, how does it get any better? And see a continuity of possibilities that continually present themselves to you. Because when you start working and engaging with asking questions, um, you're really interrupting the solidity of the fixed answer, you know, well, what are you, why are you asking that question? Didn't you get the answer? Yeah. Just asking what else, what else, what else, you know? So just the choices that you are willing to make, it's, it's so much fun because, They don't have, you don't have to make judgments. Is this the right choice? Is this the wrong choice, right? You don't have to, you know, have a series of data that, well, this would be the right choice because someone else chose this and they had more success. And then someone else chose this and they had more wealth. And then someone else chose this. And therefore I'm concluding that this is my decision. No, a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm going to choose to go to dinner with them. Oh, you know what? Something else came up. I'm so sorry. I I'm sorry for you. I can't come to dinner. I'm gonna (laughs) stay home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did I just? uh, Can I call you back? I'm sorry. Do you still have room for me for dinner? Because I was planning to stay home, but then I got. Why don't I just come to you? So, how much do we need to have? You know, all the um, ducks in a row. Huh? I remember that we say that in American. Yes,
1: <laughs> in we Ridley do. Got okay, your ducks in
0: right. a row. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and uh, what if the ducks start flying? Yeah, you know, are you willing uh, to look uh, in a different direction? So I do know that that um, that does show up. And dancing with the riches of your life uh, means you don't have to stand still and just focus on one of them because the more you're willing to engage with them, to have great movement, to be in step with that energy of change, the more riches of your life that you acknowledge, but not only yours, you're willing to actually step up and recognize the riches that other people have.
1: Mm, I love that.
0: Even someone who's so boring, if you're the most boring person that you've ever met, they must be very different. Because how much is going on around them and in their lives, and in order to be really boring, they must have a huge talent (laughs) of, you know what I mean, of blocking that out. So what is it that you've decided is not something interesting? But if you're willing to be interested in exploring the riches of your life, you will absolutely be open to the riches of other people's lives.
1: Embodiment is a subject I talk about in almost every episode of the Revelation Project podcast because I've discovered that for most women, it's the way back home to ourselves. When we reveal what truly gets in the way of loving the skin that we're in, then we allow the deep healing that aligns us to our true selves and opens us to the miracles and magic that's possible in our lives. For years, I was in a continual unconscious battle with myself. I punished myself based on what I thought my body should look like or for what I ate or didn't eat. When we feel ashamed of our own sacred bodies or blame ourselves for eating, we diminish our power and perpetuate the trance and the belief that we're not enough. It wasn't until I made peace with my body that a whole new world opened up for me, which is why I'm thrilled to share the Body Peace Seekers, created by Nina Mandelson for women who desire a relationship with food and your body that is caring, nourishing, loving, and peaceful. Nina has guided thousands of women to feeling good in their own skin through Body Peace Seekers. It's a soul-nourishing opportunity to create a sustainably supportive relationship with yourself, as well as a sisterhood of women who are celebrating a new way of being in relationship with their own sacred bodies. So if you're listening today and want to be free of the tyranny of body shame and blame, then I want to encourage you to reach out to Nina. You can learn more about the Body Peace Seekers by visiting ninamanelson.com slash Body Peace Revelation. Again, that's Nina Mannelson.com slash Body Peace Revelation. Be sure to tell Nina too that you heard about her through the Revelation Project podcast because she has a special gift just for our listeners that will add another powerful level of support to your experience. Again, it's Nina Manelson, n i n a m a n o l s o n dot com slash body peace revelation. Well, and also what it brings up for me is that we're always co-creating with the universe, unless we're not. And I love that. That that for me is the continuous reminder of like. I create, like, I create in every moment as long as I'm willing to explore the possibilities and not get in this fixed place where I just am keeping my head down and just uh, doing, in a lot of cases, what, uh, what the patriarchal society wants us to do, which is to not be creative and alive, you know? Like, there's this way that I think we are so... We're so unaware of how, what brilliant creators we are.
0: Yeah, and that I love what you said that keeping your head down because we're asking for things to show up in our lives. We're trying to create things in our lives, and we're looking down because it's not happening. It's not showing up. Well, it might be showing up, but if you're looking down, how can you see what is showing up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so definitely, <Yeah>. look at, <laughs> definitely, look <up laughs> and keep and keep looking up, and you know the. One of the things that you were saying about uh, that is just for me an inspiration is to know that you can't get you wrong, Mm. and um, Nelson Mandela. I don't know if you ever heard that said. You can't lose. You either win or you learn something. Yeah. If we're you know feeling, oh my goodness, um, I didn't win. Why didn't I win? We're going down the rabbit hole. As opposed to saying, wow, okay, what what else is possible here? What else could I choose? What is the contribution for this, you know, that I could have? I just want what, what popped for me was how much for me, the birds, they're so funny that when I see a bird flying, I mean, I was in Moscow once in the winter. And I, I looked out the window every morning. I, you know, it's step one in my seven steps book. Show me the magic. I looked out the window. And usually when I do that in Rome, there's birds that fly by and I giggle and I laugh. Right. Birds were flying by with the snow in Moscow. And I just was hysterical laughing, you know, Mm -hmm. and bugs, you know, flies, right? If you're in a room and there's flies and there's a fly only flying around you. What is that fly trying to get your attention to? Mm. And the moment I say, okay, what is it, fly? What is it? You know, you're bugging me, fly. What is it? It, The fly stops. Mm -hmm. So what is it that can inspire you? Is it birds? Is it bees? Is it flowers? Is it trees? Is it the moon up above, the stars in the sky? What is it that can inspire you to look beyond whatever is distracting you, like fear? Or like looking down or like feeling wrong. What is it that can inspire you? Is it breathing? Is it yoga? Is it a a question from access? Is it, you know, dancing with the riches of your life? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Singing, singing, you know? Yeah. And I always invite people to do that connection with you in the morning. You know, I love those questions that you're asking. What are some of the, you know, the the adjectives you have for yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Connect it. Yes. Connected, and the more you're connecting, the more often you acknowledge, "Hey, I'm not connected with myself. Mm-hmm. Let me take a moment." Yeah, and do yeah,
1: Cass, you you know y- you had talked about we all have best versions of ourselves, and for yourself, when you are sharing the best version of you what does that cast look like
0: yeah always with a smile Mm -hmm. and and a the sparkle in my eyes did you mean um visually look like
1: well all of it
0: yeah yeah and also always the sparkle in my eyes that illuminates the light In other people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so they see their magic, they're being their magic, you know? So that's what the the best version of me is, the real version of me. Yeah. And people, yeah. And so when I'm not being that, and I did want to thank you for asking that, when it, it, if you're looking for the best version of you, anyone listening, just have, one joke or one image or something that always makes you laugh. Mm-hmm. Put it in your wallet, write it down. And when you are not able to laugh, when you know, a joke that you've had forever, and you're not able to laugh, you know, you're not connected with you. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? And so do something that will reconnect you with you so that you can always be the best version of you.
1: Yeah. Cass, I don't know if you noticed that when I When we hopped on, there was a screensaver of me, and it's me in like full on like belly laughter. And that photo is like my connection to always to that levity within me. That because I think again, like my training ground, right, growing up, which is something that I'm unbecoming from is this like having the the weight of the world on my shoulders right like so hard so serious like and that was true for me when when i when i um you know one of the stories i talk about a lot is like i had forgotten how to laugh i had forgotten that levity and it was funny cuz you were talking about even at some point identifying anxiety or fear with excitement. And I remember when I first started getting the life back or this my spirit back was I thought I was anxious, but you know, the person that was was working with me was like, and um, it actually might be excitement, you know And I started to just really hold it differently, right? like to that all of these ways that we can reprogram ourselves to be the best version of ourselves and and I love how you how you're able to describe that best version of yourself and that gets to change and shift and grow but there's there's so much to celebrate in our everyday lives and often when I'm working with a client and that client is just in that place of like nothing is working I know in that moment it's like what are you celebrating right now? And it's like, what? Yeah, what are you celebrating right now about all that failure? And it's, it just changes the whole trajectory of the conversation. And then it's, what are you, and what are you grateful for? Right. And then suddenly they start feeling better and they don't even know why they're feeling better. But now they're celebrating themselves. They're feeling grateful. I'm like, that is not the way this conversation started out. Right. It's just like it's so beautiful when we have these tools.
0: Absolutely. And when we're willing to accompany people on that journey, you Mm -hmm. know, from uh, accompany them on those steps that get them to Not only step into their lives in a different way and see the world from their perspective without any barriers or or masks, and begin stepping up and acknowledging, right? Yeah. Like you're asking, what you were asking them, so that they can step out with a level of um, authenticity, of genuine. You know, self-esteem and confidence and see the world and be seen, be heard in a very different way. And it's really just three easy steps to change, uh, your life. And, and I really love that. And the, the smile within you, are you willing to have that shine outside of you? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, yeah. So good. So good. So what resources do you use to stay? Encouraged to stay in that place of inspiration?
0: Now, I really love to be present, to have a presence with myself and my body. So when waking up in the morning, you know, I really have different ways that I connect. It doesn't have to always be the same. I've been doing squats for about four years, which I love. But even before getting up, just saying good morning mm. to me. Into my body, and before thinking about work or getting on the phone or any of like that, I've, I've got a beautiful uh, bed with windows with trees around, and um, and stepping out and saying hello to the sun, and and there's the uh, mantra of access, which is all of life, all of life comes to me with ease mm-hmm. and joy and glory, and not just saying the words, but actually being. In that um, space. And one of the things that I love that really connects me to my vibration is singing. Yeah. yeah. And we all have a voice, you know, some of us, even if we don't, we don't speak that you have a vibration. So connecting you with that vibration, it might be laughter. It might be, you know, but the, uh, in the morning, this is the way I start my day. And this is the way I've got a three steps program where every month there's a different topic, but it's every time step in first to whatever you're doing, your business, your life, your career, your uh, job, uh, your relationships, step in and then step out. That's my, um, my, my mission to invite people to be connected with them because that's a contribution to all of us here.
1: And when you say step in, right, what you're talking about is like be present with yourself.
0: Absolutely. And be willing to be, like you said, unbecoming, mm-hmm. be willing to see the world from your perspective. I mean, even, you know, with that dancing with riches, it's like I, when I do those workshops, it's like the, one of the first things, it's project development. But the first thing, what is it? What are your talents and abilities? And just like you were asking to that client of yours, it's like maybe we look at it from a different perspective. Okay, what do you think of some of your, you know, the things you're too much of or too little of? That's something I ask people, you know? And, you know, we write all that down just randomly. And then how can we look at that from a different perspective? And it's it's so obvious and easy to see it from a different perspective. Well, I'm, I'm really concentrated. Like just what you were saying uh, about you, the weight of the world on your shoulders Okay. And how kind is that of you that has includes the world in your life? Mm, you know? Mm-hmm. So is that really a limitation or is that? So this is something I, I like to engage with. And when you, and it doesn't stick you when you don't think of it as something you do wrong.
1: That, that is such a great distinction because when I really started to love myself, like I really got it was when I realized. That distinction between, oh, I always have the world on my shoulders, and, and just turned the phrase just a tiny bit to look at how much I love the world that I would actually take that on, that I would actually, for a moment, think that I was somehow responsible for everyone else's well being and happiness. Look at how big my heart is. So it it just it's it's it just takes the the beating out of it for heaven's sakes for he- can we please stop beating ourselves
0: absolutely and acknowledge acknowledge what our talents and abilities are because you know you maybe you weren't feeling responsible but you were willing to be a contribution to all of it and That's if we right. you know how great of a gift that is then you would say wait a minute if i like stomp myself down because i've got the whole world on my shoulders then will i continue to be that contribution right so if i'm willing to be that what can i do for myself and with myself and with my body that will actually allow me to continue gifting you know to the world absolutely that's a that's so incredible and and so many people are willing to see the magic in others but are you willing to see it in you? Yeah. Once you're willing to see it in you, you know, it exists in others. And I love that you said you, you know, loving yourself and how you treat yourself. And that is such a gift because you're able to see who's willing to treat themselves with kindness and also to treat you with kindness too.
1: Yeah. And another thing that it's bringing up for me that I would do is I would put my hand on my heart and say, I love myself enough to know, you know, and then I would say something about myself. Nice, right? I love myself enough to know that, you know, that I am and whatever that thing was, right, or is. I love myself enough to know that I deserve a beautiful vacation somewhere, or, you know, a beautiful, nutritious lunch, or, you know, I love myself enough to know that I am worthy of more.
0: I love that.
1: It could be anything.
0: I love myself enough to know. And that is a great thing, everyone listening, way to wake up in the morning, you know? Oh, yeah. hand on your heart. I love myself enough to know that today...
1: It's going to be be a beautiful day. day.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, awesome. that's yeah. a prop for me. Yeah, I will play with that too. Thank you.
1: T- totally. And I think that's the thing, you know, again, is there's so many beautiful people out in this world and so many beautiful tools. And I love what you've written. I love, you know, you were so kind to send me both books, and I wanted to invite our readers to check them out. If you're not a big reader, what you would love about this is these books are just so compact, but so, like, full of great, just, like, I love even some of these titles, right? Like, being vital versus making vital, right? (laughs) Yes. And in sync with judgments, you know? And then it's just a quick chapter. Sex is about receiving. So, lots of juicy, you know, tips in here. And... It is light. It is heavy. So, just just one of those. If you want to say something more on any of those that I just brought up, anything that comes to mind.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, is is it light or is it heavy? Is you know our our awareness and our, our choice is instantaneous, and sometimes it's something. That we we have a choice to make, and it's so you know, and we're so nervous about it, and we feel like we have to choose the right thing. But if you're willing to go beyond your thinking mind, which is maximum ten percent of your brain, which your brain is a small part of your body, if you're willing to go beyond that and and receive the gifts from, let's say, the universe, right? Then all your body will give you the response. And so light and heavy is about just seeing which is the choice that will create more lightness for you, more ease for you, more joy for you, more money for you, more, you know, more presence for you, all of that it makes you feel lighter and it shows up different for everyone you know and there is information about that in the book how the many different ways it shows up you know I, you know me i give lots of examples from my life and different questions you can ask that will show you that but what makes you feel lighter especially when you're willing to be connected with you is something that will create more in your life now and in the future and for the world you know yeah. and what makes you feel heavy it, you know, you, you cannot logically always say, hmm, I don't know why I've, it, I got a no. It didn't feel really light for me. Now, somebody just asked me, which of these publishers would you like to choose? I said, well, it's in a language I don't even know them, but if you'd like, energetically, this is the one that sticks out for me. Oh, that is exactly the one I wanted. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah. So it makes, you makes life so much easier when you're willing to say truth. Yes truth? No? Okay. Not no. Not at the moment.
1: Well, and I'll give another example to our listeners, because this was a big one for me, was there was a time that I couldn't recognize in my head what felt like it was life-giving to me or was draining me. And there were certain people in my life that were draining me. And I had to make... I had to start to listen to my body because otherwise I would end up recovering for days after spending time with somebody who just drained the life out of me. You know, and it and it was it wasn't about not loving them anymore, it was about loving myself enough to know that that and again I'm putting my hand on my heart, loving myself enough to know that I needed to love them from afar.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And it and that might doesn't have to be forever, like Mm -hmm. a house Mm trip, right? It just might be in that moment. And there's just so many other things, like how much are we aware, perhaps, of how they're feeling about themselves, you know? Yeah. So there's, there's so many questions in there. And it might be someone that is great for us for doing one thing, but we don't have to spend, you know, the time with them. I always use the cobra, I don't know, as an example. I love the they're so beautiful, the cobra snakes, mm. and, and and they they're a bit poisonous,
1: a bit, right? <laughs> just, a bit. just a bit,
0: yeah, just a bit. Just you know tad. what I'm saying? So, um, but because they're poisonous, does that mean you have to exclude them and reject them? No, you no. can be in your car with your window rolled up and still um, enjoy the the absolute beauty and the way that they come up and with their expand their you know top part of their bodies. It doesn't have to mean you have to bring them home. No. So or they get create bit. anxiety for us. Um, and it might be an awareness of, hmm, maybe I should roll up the window. Um, <laughs> we can still <laughs> appreciate, you know. Um, yeah, their presence and their their contribution, yeah to, the, yeah, to the planet, yeah.
1: So, Cass, I know we only have a minute or so left, and I would really love for you to share with our listeners how would you love for them to find you, engage with you, you know, just anything you want to say?
0: Absolutely. Well, of course there's the, I I would love these three steps, this three steps program I'm doing is just uh, amazing. That step in, step up, step out in various areas of your life. And so that's on three steps.us website and, and every month is a different topic. And so, and then, um, castthomas.com has all of that on there. And also the DancingWithRiches.us. So it's in Spanish and in uh, English and in French now. And um, and the Seven Steps to Flawless Communication, my first short little teeny, teeny book. There's a teacher's program too, but that is in 20 languages. So, hey, maybe if you want to communicate in different languages, you can get the English version. I have that really small teeny book and look at a lot of people are doing that looking at another language and and opening up their world to more languages, more people, more cultures, more countries more abundance yeah.
1: Yeah, so many more possibilities there. I love that. I absolutely love that. Well, Cass, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you. You are so so full of light. I so appreciate you and look forward to, you know, another episode together soon.
0: Absolutely. It takes one to know one, and you are delicious and delightful, darling. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. And for our listeners, I'll be sure to put all of Cassis's links in the show notes. And until next time, more to be revealed. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, please visit us at jointherevelation.com and be sure to download our free gift, subscribe to our mailing list, or leave us a review on iTunes. We thank you for your generous listening, and as always, more to be revealed.